the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. All alone, San Bellino, there's no Joni here today. Oh, how will we get through the day? Well, I will tell you, I'm a little lonely. Uh, tonight, there's a big criminal bar association meeting that some attorneys in the firm have gone to. There's also um, Michael Vecchione, who's been a, a guest on the show, has a new novel out. There's a book signing party up for him. Some other attorneys are there. Uh, so here I am, little old Arthur Idala. Sitting in his office, looking at an empty conference room. Now, Imran's running around. Imran Ansari at the firm has been all over television today talking about the case, I believe you pronounce it Murdaugh, um, of the lawyer who killed his wife and, or is charged with killing his wife and his daughter, but his son, who I believe is also injured. I, I'm not following the case. I have to read up about it all weekend and catch up because I got a text this morning that Megyn Kelly would like me to be on her show on Monday. Monday's going to be a big day. Um, Monday, we're going to do the Megyn Kelly podcast. And then Monday night, we're going to have a spectacular, really interesting interview with uh, former Governor Andrew Cuomo. Um, Sam Bellino, before I forget, uh, I need to publicly thank you. Uh, you gave me a took until uh, from December 25th to uh, January 24th to get there. But we got there. One day short of a month, uh, but I got my Christmas present from Sam Bellino. And first and foremost, he got me this awesome Rolling Stones book uh, that just came out with the 500 greatest albums, but he changed it and he made it the 501. He made the second zero a one. And then on top of the big book, it's a big, beautiful coffee table book. I haven't even opened it. It's still wrapped in plastic. I can't wait. But on top of it, um, he really did a beautiful job creating creating a CD cover of uh, my band Rapid Pulse with a cute with a with the stage from Haswell Greens where we performed with a with the Rapid Pulse bumper sticker that when we were really bad kids back in the 80s we would stick our bumper stickers on strangers <laughs> Strangers bumpers. That's <laughs> such a bad thing to do, man. I think about it now. You come out and your car is parked. I mean, it's a nice bumper sticker, but nobody wants a rapid pulse bumper. I mean, I had a rapid pulse bumper sticker on my first car that I bought for four hundred dollars, um, thanks to help from my dad and my granddad. It was an Alfa Romeo Alfetta, a four door. 
uh, sedan. It had so much rust all around it. The back seat had a, a big hole in the back that basically some of my friends use as a urinal from time to time. <laughs> but I, I don't believe I said that on the radio. Um, but Sambolino, what you made was beautiful. The album cover was beautiful. And then the, the, when I got home, and then in the inside of the cover, it's got all the songs. And then when I got home, I threw it in the CD player. And it really sounded great. And then this morning, um, I put it in my car. And uh, yes, I have old cars, so they actually still have <laughs> CD players. And it really sounded good in there. And um, I had a heck of a day. But before I get into my day of the law, Matt, really, thank you. That was a very thoughtful gift. And you made several copies to give to the other yes. guys in the band. Uh, you're so that you're was... welcome. I put a lot of love into that gift because I, I no, do love very cool. working with you daily. And it's a lot of fun. And you thank did a great you. job performing. And Shout out as well to our chief engineer, Andy, who got everything he, on He kicked some butt. It was great. It was really, really great. And thank you. That's a thoughtful gift. Um, so, yeah, I, I this morning I had to get up early. I spent a little time with Ariana, and uh, which was it's always a joy. And then little Arthur's running around. And then I threw on the suit and uh, grabbed Luca. And we, we took the ride to Luca's School in Queens. And that's when I played, like, the first six songs um, because we were in some some serious traffic, maybe only the maybe only the first four songs, uh, because I will tell you, as I always try to be honest on this show, um, even if I'm going to piss some people off, I, in the morning I often listen to the podcast of the night before of my friend Frank from Staten Island, uh, who's on from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. on uh, John Katsimatidis station, my friend who just was on right before us, and I mean Frank just has it unbelievable show and uh you know i'm not telling anyone to w listen to it from one to five but when you get some chance because it screws you up i mean because he he sucks you in and all of a sudden you can't get back to sleep and then your whole next day you're cursing him out because you're you're sleep deprived so in the morning i usually jump on the podcast and if any of you have some time uh you should listen to i believe it was the second hour of this today's show where Basically, Frank gives a history lesson on Pat Buchanan, and I learned so much in my ride this morning out to court because I had court out into, in the Hamptons, which we'll talk about in a second. So I went from uh, listening to Rapid Pulse to listening of the history of Pat Buchanan, and it was really like being in, in a history class because um, it goes back to Nixon, Ford, Reagan, that's when he was kind of behind the scenes advisor, Pat Buchanan was. And then um, when he comes out, like kind of from behind the curtain and he starts talking about, you know, he, he uh, was going to run against H.W. Bush. He spoke at the 92 convention. And then uh, in 96, he um, uh, they wouldn't let him speak at the convention because they thought he was too conservative. I didn't know any of this stuff like 12 hours ago. Um and, and, you know, Murano, like, puts in these clips of him speaking and then Clinton speaking. And, like, here's something that I think we lose in, in when we're not students of history. Like, Clinton ran in 92, right? And he, I think he got sworn in 93 as um, basically, like, the liberal kind of guy. And then when he runs the second time, the, the words that are coming out of his mouth, I mean, he's like, we got to go against immigration. We have to stop government spending. I mean, he sounds like a real Republican or like by today's standards, a Republican. Uh, it was, and, and you know, Buchanan's writings and uh, his appearances on, um, oh, come on, the son, they'll make, they'll make something. I know Frank's at home right now. The McNeil Report? No, the McLair? Oh, look it up for me, Sam Bellino. Okay. Sunday mornings, the Mc, uh, wow. I'm not even drinking. 
I don't drink, by the way. Mom, my mother's going to be like, why would you be drinking so early? Um, anyway, you guys know what I'm talking about. The guy, they would have four people, and there was like two liberals, two, 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 two. I'm waiting for Frank to text me what the name is, the Mix Something Report. Um, anyway, I had to go drive to the Hamptons today to cover the case of Lizzie McG- Libby McGrubby, who is um, a woman, a very, very nice young lady, a mother, um, who had basically a horrible altercation with her um, her combination of the man who was looking after after her house and the woman who was uh, working in her house. And I'm not going to get into all the facts, but they, they weren't supposed to be there. And uh, they were there, and she asked them to leave, and they didn't leave, and it got heated, and the police came, and then she wound up being arrested. And um, she's to say she's upset is an understatement. And that case is going to be a long haul. Um, she is charged with a felony, so it's very serious. And um, so I, I'm, I thank you, Frank. The McLaughlin Report. I knew it was something like that. The McLaughlin Report. It was a great, great show. Um, so uh, so I, I drive from Brooklyn to Queens, from Queens to Hampton Bays. And the Hamptons Bay Courthouse is a little different from the Southern District of New York where I was yesterday, which is this majestic skyscraper, beautiful. These are literally like containers like that you see on a ship that they've turned into, like put four of them together and turned into a little courthouse and a little police station. It's called the South Hampton Justice Center. Very nice. Everyone in there is so, so nice. And so I got in and out of there, and my case was called, um, and we put it over for six weeks. They gave me a bunch of evidence that I have to go through. We hired a private investigator to talk to the witnesses and help me go through some of this uh, paperwork and see if we can get to the bottom of this and work out some sort of a disposition. Then I ran to my little house in Long Island. I saw Mike Papajohn, my landscaper, because he happened to be there, and we talked about some winter projects. And then I drove all the way back, and now the, the ride back, and now we're talking about from, like, noon to two it's all phone call after phone call after phone call one lawyer another lawyer a potential client potential appeals client then i spoke to my buddy jerry about this show about how we're gonna you know tidy up the the cuomo uh interview and then um i went to manhattan to 100 center street saw a couple of judge friends i know said hello and then i went in on the case of miss pazienza who is accused of uh, manslaughter in the first degree for pushing the opera singer down this was um, the courtroom was pretty full with people who were supportive of the deceased. Uh, Miss Pazienza's mom and dad were there. Um, not much happened on the legal front except the whole media scrum was there. Um, and then I got back to the office at four o'clock and I've been working nonstop until we turn on the radio. We're going to come back because Eric Adams did his state of the city speech. So we're going to come back with Frank Sedio, who's going to fill us in on what happened today. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. Joining us is Councilman Ben Kellis. What do you think about the labor movement post-Janice? What are you hearing? I've spoken to public service labor unions all over the city and state, and they are telling me that they are stronger than ever. Members of labor know what's at stake, and they're not falling for any of the stuff that's coming out of Washington. They know that Janice was an attack on labor, and frankly, they know that no 
one's looking out for them other than their labor union. So I see folks getting more involved. And I think that if labor members get involved in their unions, I think that you can define who will be the next president of the United States of America, the next mayor of the city of New York, the next borough president in Manhattan, and the next council members, because everything's up for grabs in 2020 and 2021. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd at a new time, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 and again at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. So a very good friend of mine, Jennifer, who actually was my intern in the uh, Brooklyn District Attorney's Office, who, boy, summer of 96, I want to say, she reached out to me and said that her dad, who I know, is not in good health um, and she needs some legal help. And she said, you know, should I call Connors Sullivan? She's like, I'm listening to your show. I was like, of course. And tomorrow she's uh, she's going to be either speaking with or, or meeting with uh, Mike Connors. So this is real, folks. Like this really happens even in my life. Um, you know, I didn't tell her, come into my office, we'll figure it out, because this is not what I'm going to figure out. This is what Mike Connors figures out, because planning for the future is important, and these decisions, and for your parents and your grandparents and for yourself, are really, really, really serious things that we try not to think about, because we don't want to think that we're going to die or our family members are going to die, but taxes and death, baby, taxes and death. Wills, trusts, power of attorneys, healthcare proxies, living wills, estate plans. The goal of Connors and Sullivan attorneys is always the protection of your rights and your interests. They've been helping people just like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. Because you're listening to the Power Hour, you could call 718-238-6500 and visit them for no obligation free consultation. Call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule, not schedule, schedule that free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or visit their website at connorsandsullivan.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Prince? Oh, Prince action. Now, usually you have like a reason why you're bringing these tunes. Is there a reason here that I missed? Yes, the reason is today in 1980, Prince made his TV debut on the U.S. show American Bandstand. Uh. When, when he was interviewed after his performance, the singer froze and struggled to reply to the questions. He was being asked. 1980. How old were you then, Sam Bellino? I, w- I was not born yet. One year before uh, I was born. All right, all right. Well, let's go to uh, Frank Setio, who always responds. Frank Setio, do you remember you, uh, American Bandstand? Of course, American Bandstand. I remember going to American Bandstand in the 1960s. It was in Philadelphia. Now, you can't be that old, Uncle Frank. You can't be that old. Oh, uh, trust me. We were there. A whole crew from Canarsie went, and we all were there together. And, of course, a couple of the guys got on, on TV, and you can watch them dancing. In those days, they didn't have a, uh, it was a video. It was live. It was terrific in those days. Well, there uh, you and, go. See, that's why we bring Frank Setia on, because he's got something to say about everything. It used to be on at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so you ran home from school so you can get to see it. Well, it wasn't on every day, though, right? 
Every day he was on. American really? Day. Every day, yep. Because I remember it being on in the weekends, I think, when I was like, uh, you know, maybe in the 80s or something along those lines. Yeah, you were probably watching the repeats. <laughs> I may, may, maybe I was. All right, Uncle Frank, so here's the deal. I, and I know you were a little bit in a similar boat. Um, I was in two courthouses today, one in, in Hampton Bays and one in Manhattan. So I didn't really have a chance to uh, to watch uh, Eric Adams' State of the City speech. I know you were in court today also, weren't you? I was, but unfortunately for me, I, around 3 o'clock this afternoon, 4 o'clock this afternoon, I put it on my, through the magic of my secretaries. They had the whole, you know, they had the whole thing recorded, so I got to watch. The all whole, right, the, so uh, I, all I can tell you is I... Entire speech. I spoke to my dad, and he said he watched the whole thing. He said he was very positive, very upbeat, very energetic. And, and my father, who is an orator himself, said, you know, he really speaks very well. He really draws you in, and you feel his energy. What does Frank Setio have to say? I, I absolutely agree. You know, he made a comparison. He started out by saying, I'm the second African-American mayor in, in the city of New York. And that's true, but he's also... He left out something that the, the distinction between the two mayors. Mayor, uh, Mayor Dinkins was a wonderful man, a great human being. And he, uh, in every way, shape, or form, he was one of the most likable people I knew. But unfortunately, I used to always say he was kind of like a guy in a rowboat in a rough river. He never got control of the oars. And he had a wonderful guy by the name of Bill Lynch who worked for him, who was his chief of staff. And they, they, everything, despite everything they tried, they just never got real grasp of how to run the city. The beauty of Eric Adams is is that he understood that from day one. I believe his experience as borough president probably helped him to do that. And also Mayor Bill Dinkins was also a borough president. But he he really understood from day one that there had to be a goal, there had to be an initiative to reach the goal. And and he put this entire year, despite criticisms and ignoring people who were against some of his points and just plowed forward. And I think today's speech was the personification of the work that he's done this past year with real enthusiasm about how he expects to accomplish things in this coming year. So You know who uh, you know who my guest is tomorrow? We're talking to Frank Setio. For the five of you who don't know who Frank Setio is, uh, he was a police officer, an assemblyman, a judge, uh, a county leader, and an, and a spectacular lawyer, uh, and a, a husband, a father, a grandfather, and just a spectacular friend. Um, Bobby, so, you, left out, you left out the best part, and a good friend of Arthur Wright. There you go. And uh, and he knows how to eat real good, too. Well, that, that, I'm saving that for the end of the segment. But, um, so, Frank, what, you know, what do we say... What do I say? First of all, tomorrow's guest is I have Ingrid Martin on. And anyone who doesn't know who Ingrid Martin is, her husband and Eric Adams were in the police academy together, I don't know, 30 years ago, more. more and she's been by Eric's side throughout it all. And she's a great lady. And, and uh, she'll be on the show tomorrow. But, Frank, what, what do you say to, and I'm sure you run into people, like the real critics. Ah, he sucks, Eric Adams. He's just another uh, Bill de Blasio. And he's all he's doing is, you know, Bill de Blasio did nothing in Grace, inside Gracie Mansion. And all uh, Eric Adams does is he goes to these parties and he does nothing outside Gracie Mansion. You know, I, there's still crime. There's still rats. Uh, the education system's still screwed up. There's still homeless people where I'm going. People are getting, uh, Fox News guys are getting beat up on the subway. What is Frank Setio, who's so intimately involved in the world of politics for decades, what do you say to those people? Hey, stop being stupid. 
the problem that we have with people, that there's always people on both extremes that no matter what you do, you can never do enough. So if you accomplish one thing, oh, you, but you didn't do the other. And that's the problem with being mayor. There isn't a day that doesn't go by that the mayor has to deal with dozens, multifaceted issues that come before him. It's kind of like a tsunami coming towards you each day. And you got to figure out how to be able to ride that giant wave to get something accomplished. And I, I think he really understands it. That one of his great talents is that he has a determination. I, I would all due respect to my friend Bill de Blasio. I can tell you that, you know, I, I, Bill never got, had a good morning because he wasn't up early enough to do so. <laughs> but he certainly, he certainly never, never uh, uh, only saw one side, and I'm sorry to say the extreme left side, of everything that went on in the city. If this man gets it. He's not afraid to talk truth to power, as they say. He's clear about the fact that he understands what the real problems are. And he recognized the responsibility of also doing things in a way which are responsible. And that's, I think, what he brings to the table. He brings real leadership. And, and that's what we've been lacking for a very long time. Now, Frank, he, is, there, is there really a... somebody who's good, good at this. But is there a portion, is there some truth to the fact, you know, we, we see him out 24-7 almost, right? Is there some truth to the fact that you know, maybe he needs to be in City Hall and, you know, every day have a face-to-face meeting. You know, Monday is the deputy deputy mayor for operations. Tuesday is the deputy mayor for whatever. Thursday is the first. And, and look, I know and you know, we both know, when you're in your law office and when I'm in law, my law office, because you're the leader of yours, I'm the leader of mine, people are at attention, people are a little more sharp, people are a little more diligent, and they come in and they ask you questions, they bounce things off of you. Whereas when I'm out, even though I'm not goofing off, I'm out in court or I'm out, I'm out at, a, at a CLE class, you know, maybe the, 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 the vibe is a little more relaxed. Do you think that Eric Adams, now that he's shown the people that he's a man of the people going to all these events, maybe it's time for him to stay inside City Hall, roll up his sleeves and deal with some of the minutiae of the city? Well, I will tell you what, that I have been in this past year, I can, I've been at City Hall too many times to count, uh, quite often, at least once a week and sometimes even a little bit more. And every time I've been there, he's always been there or has come back early enough that he's meeting with people and his staff and, and, and the people who need to advise him every day. There are people he's giving advice to or he's asked that everything you've just said is being done. But that's not what you're reading about in the papers. It's not what you're seeing in the everyday thing, because it's mundane. And it, and it absolutely um, is, is something he does, in fact, do, but doesn't get the credit for. Okay. Um, you know, he, he's got a great team around him. Uh, and, and the beauty of that is he's given them the latitude to, to do the job, not just to micromanage it. And I think being uh, the kind of person he is, that He's able to be multifaceted as in this whole circumstance. Yeah, he gets out. But most of the time you'll find those things are either a serious emergency during the day that he might have to think, God forbid, a cop shooting or a fireman injured or some other city employee having a significant circumstance. Or even for that matter, a serious incident like children uh, who were recently injured in this fire yesterday. Oh, horrible. And he's 
and he spends the off hours when City Hall is pretty much closed, the business is over, and doing so many of these other things. I don't know how he keeps up his pace. I mean, you know, he's no kid either, but he's in great shape. And I don't pace he keeps. Most of us couldn't. Well, I, I believe me, I take a peek at his daily schedule, and I hear you, and I get it. And, uh, you know, look, we're rooting for him. He always describes himself, I'm the pilot of the plane. I can't understand why people are rooting for me to crash the plane. Um, speaking of the mayor, here's what I want to do. And, and Uncle Frank, That's a great line, by the way. He I know. He's great. In the speech. Uh, yeah, well, hey, he started that on the Power Hour, okay? It all begins here, AM 970, 6 p.m., must, must listen. I'm going to have your friend Andrew Cuomo on. I, I, by the way, I was on his podcast the other day, and I made sure I sent my regards because I had breakfast with you that morning. And, oh, when I mentioned your name, he, his, his whole face lit up, a big, big smile. He's like, what a good man, what a good man. Um, and, you know, oh, he's going to be on the show that. Monday night, Frank. You're going to be right this Queen week, right? Ma- yeah, Monday night. I, I, it's yeah, no secret. Yeah, I, yeah. I, already, I already did the interview. It's great. And uh, here's the pressure I want to put on you, Uncle Frank. Sometime in 2023, I won't put the, the, the time frame on you, we got to get Eric Adams to L&B Spumoni Gardens for one of Lenny's meals that you and I have enjoyed so many times and have some fun. Well, I'm having lunch with him in two weeks. Uh, we have a day plan for lunch. I'm going to make that a real effort to say, Exactly. Uh, well, and, and, you know, will be happy. You know what and, he could do? He, he could bring some of his top staffers for like a real fun night. You know what I mean? Brendan right, McGuire, yeah, who's great, and Mira Joshi and Jamie Otto. And, you know, we could do it 9 o'clock at night when they're done with work. And, you know, Lenny will put on a show like no other. Who could do better than that? If you, if you haven't eaten at Spinoni Gardens, then you haven't really eaten good Italian food. <laughs> there you go. All right. Frank Sedio, the great judge, assemblyman, police officer, county leader, and overall great, great man. Thanks for finding, uh, finding the time, Uncle Frank. I appreciate it. Love you, Arthur. See you soon. Take care, buddy. You know, Frank listens to the show almost every night. He calls me in the morning or he sends me a text. That was a great guest. This was a great guest. We're so lucky to have him. We're going to come back with another great guest. Stand by. Hey, Kevin McCullough, what's the latest with Biden document gate? And what are the legal ramifications of a lot of the things going on in the country today? We'll bounce them off our legal eagle. He is Imran Ansari. He joins me, Kevin McCullough, and we join you tonight at 7 on Radio Night Live. I didn't think it was possible to meet someone like Susan. We just clicked after realizing we each have a strong sense of self and share the same core values in life. After taking our advanced personality test, Daniel and Susan matched on Silver Singles, the secure dating site for 50-plus singles who know what they want. Sign up today at silversingles.com slash meet. That's silversingles.com slash meet. Paid actors representing true customer testimonials. Names have been changed. Ready to start a business in New Jersey? The state's New Jersey Business Action Center is here to guide you through the process. Call us at 1-800-JERSEY-7. That's 1-800-JERSEY-7. This message sponsored by the New Jersey Business Action Center, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Calling all potential court reporters, all potential court reporters, everybody who wants to be in the courtroom and be a big shot and make a lot of money, forget being a lawyer, forget being a judge, forget being a clerk, forget being a court officer, be a court reporter. You got all the juice. They can't start until you get there. They can't continue unless you're up and running. And then at the end of the day, what do you think the judge said in federal court? I would like both sides to order the transcript. Ka-ching! Because the judge wants to read the transcript before she goes to sentencing. 
So, how could you become a court reporter? You just listen to AM 970 and the Author Idola Power Hour, and you'll find out all about Plaza College. Because court reporting allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, for whom, and how frequently. That's the high-powered and lucrative career you've been looking for. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, television stations, they're all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So... Sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Or go to their website, plazacollege.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins. Suffering an injury in an accident can be a life-changing experience. Whether you've been involved in a car accident, a construction site accident, a slip and fall, or injured because of someone else's negligence, we can help. Our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you are owed. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you have been injured because of someone else's negligence, you have legal rights and may be entitled to significant money to compensate you for your pain and suffering. Hiring the right attorney is important. The combined experience of the lawyers at Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins will be able to lead you through the personal injury lawsuit process and aggressively fight for the best result. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with lifetime New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala making the case for the city he loves. Here's Arthur. Wow. Nice, Emilino mixing it up. A little different, right? I like it. Keep it going. This is what they opened the tour with. Street Fighting Man. Woo! Ah, Sambolino. You are the man, Sambolino. You are the man. I try, I try. That's cool. That's that's when I uh the last time I saw them, which was in Paris, that's that was what they opened with. It's it's crazy because when, when you gave me that gift, and, and even today I'm listening to these songs that we, we played uh, basically five weeks ago and how we wrote them so long ago as a kid. When you listen to the Rolling Stones, like greatest songs, the ones that stick out, they, it's, they, it's most of the songs they wrote when they were kids. And they were like the mid-60s, late-60s. I mean, they're 80 now. I think it's amazing they're still touring. You know, it's yeah. unreal. It's, and... and uh, they're not just like sitting on a stool strumming a guitar. Right, exactly. He's, I know. he's all over the place. Mixed all over Trust that me. stage. The funny part was when I was listening, you know, the, the, Matt, just so you know, the 
CD you gave me, that's the first time I really listened like on something more than someone's like two minute iPhone clip to what we did. <laughs> and it's so funny because I could hear me being, I'm sucking wind, I'm out of breath. <laughs> and now I understand when Mick Jagger tours, um, he has a whole uh, gym that tours with him. Like he's got a, some sort of a trailer because you have to, you got to get your lungs up, man. You got to get your wind up because it, 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 you're running around the stage like Mick, like I was doing and trying to sing and hit high notes and woo, it's, yeah, it takes the wind out. <laughs> well, you know, and he's doing like 80 cities in one tour. Listen, you know, I played for 45 minutes <laughs> one night and I'm hurting, <laughs> but I don't think Mick could stand up and, well, maybe he could. I would say argue to a jury, but he probably could if he had enough time. He's a really smart dude. Tomorrow, Friday, January the 27th, is International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And it is being marked around the world. And with the annual Holocaust Memorial Ceremony at the United, at the United Nations, which is the central event organized in observance of the International Day of Commemoration in memories of the victims of the Holocaust. With us tonight is a special guest, someone who I know well, Elizabeth Bettina, who is joining us because she is the author of the, the HarperCollins published book, It Happened in Italy, Untold Stories of How the People of Italy Defied the Horrors of the Holocaust, which inspired the documentary she made in 2014, My Italian Secret, The Forgotten Heroes of the Holocaust, narrated by Isabella Rosalini. Is Elizabeth, sono Arturo. Welcome to the show. Ciao Arturo, buonasera. Buonasera. So let's talk about what you're doing tomorrow. I will be going to the UN because it's Holocaust um, commemoration. And it is the reason it is um, commemorated on January 27th. It is the day that Auschwitz was liberated in 1945. There you go. So now we know. See, you just learned something new. You don't only learn something new in, in the middle of the night on the other channel. You learn something new here. So I did not know that. Now, I am interested uh, in in what you wrote about and what you did your documentary about in terms of, uh, because let's, I'm not going to lie, we have plenty of Italian people here who listens. And um, it happened in Italy, untold stories of how the people of Italy defied the horrors of the Holocaust. Educate people a little bit, um, Elizabeth. Make sure, you know, pretend you're teaching a class in, in college. Okay, well, what's important to know is that Italy was on two sides of the war. It started out with Mussolini being allied with Hitler. And then on September 8th, 1943, there was the armistice, and Italy switched sides, and Italy joined the Allies. So while Italy was allied with Mussolini and the Nazi with Mussolini with the Nazis and Hitler, they no Jews were deported in mass. That did not happen. There was discrimination. There were foreign Jews who came to Italy who were put in Italian-run concentration camps, which were very different than German-run concentration camps. So under Italian authority, when there were camps or they were in towns in internamento libero, free internment, which meant they lived amongst the Italian people but had to sign in with the local authorities, etc. So they weren't free, but it wasn't the same kind of persecution in a German-run camp 
in Germany, Auschwitz, etc. Okay. In 1943, Italy switched sides, and then every Jew in Italy was at risk. And, you know, there's that whole Life is Beautiful movie, and, and you know, you hear a lot of stories about Italian folks hiding Jewish folks in their homes, in their basement, in their attic. Is that, is that Italian legend, or is that accurate? It's accurate. Eighty percent, approximately 80 percent of the Jews in Italy survived the Holocaust, which meant 20 percent did not. But 80 percent that survived, which means about 32,000 people, a mix of Italian Jews, because Italy has a, an, a Jewish population that has been there before Christ in Rome. Um, you had them and you had also foreign Jews who were coming to Italy because they knew it could potentially be a safe haven. So they escaped Germany. They came in from us, Austria, Yugoslavia, France, and 80%. And this is documented through Holocaust scholars at the Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington at Yad Vashem. These are accurate facts. And I've been privileged to meet survivors, Jews who survived in Italy and were and, hidden by Italians. So I've been to Germany. I've been to concentration camps in Italy. Were there the type of concentration camps that there were in Germany? No, they were not. In Italy, under Italian rule um, during Mussolini, that was not the case. There was one that was a, a bad camp up in the northern part called San Saba, and that did become an extermination camp. It was in Italy, but that was after Italy switched sides, so it was occupied by the Germans. So under it, when Italy was not occupied by the Germans, there were a few concentration camps, but they were not comparable to what you think of when you think of Auschwitz, Dachau, etc. They had food that similar to what the local Italians had. They were not work camps or death camps. In fact, in these camps, they even had synagogues. Children really? were born. Children were born in some of them, and there were marriages and weddings. And what, and what part of Italy? Documented. What part of Italy is this located? This is all over Italy. Um, the camps were in the south. The camps, really? one was in my grandmother's town outside of Salerno. Another one was in Calabria. The one in Calabria really looked like a camp. It had 92 barracks and anywhere from 2,000 to 4,000 people who were there depending on the year. Um, they, but in that camp called Ferramonti, out, about 20 minutes outside of Cosenza, they even had school for the children. Wow. The rabbi from Genoa. <laughs> Leave it to the down. Italians. And, and right. I don't want, Elizabeth, I'm not making light of such a serious topic, but I would, I, and I'll tell you why I'm saying this. I represented a client, an American kid who was in jail in Italy. And when I went to go mm -hmm. visit him, he said to me, listen, if I ultimately have to do jail time between America or Italy, please let me do the jail time here. He goes, there's no fights. Everyone gets along. He goes, and the food is great. So I bet you that, you know, if you, I, I bet you they didn't serve them slop uh, in southern Italy when they had to feed them. 
they had the same food, from what I was told, the same rations if it, um, that the Italians had. And there are photographs of them actually having, believe it or not, it looks like a picnic. There are tablecloths on the tables with flowers, food, wine. I have, the, if people don't take my word for it, there are still people who survived in those camps alive today, some who live in the New York area. I just spoke to one today, and they have even seen themselves in pictures um, that are in the museums there, et cetera. And that's actually how one of them got in touch with me. So Elizabeth um, Bettina, I want to tell folks who you are. Elizabeth Bettina is on the show because tomorrow, January 27th, is International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Elizabeth will be at the United Nations. She is the author of It Happened in Italy, Untold Stories of How the People of Italy Defied the Horrors of the Holocaust. She is also the documentarian, My Italian Secret, The Forgotten Heroes of the Holocaust, narrated by Isabella Rossellini. And you know what? If you have some time, you should find that uh, that document that documentary or just download that book because it's it's a part of our history and we should never forget our history and we should never let history repeat itself. Elizabetha, no. thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with the final segment of the Power Hour on a Thursday night. I have such a pile of work ahead of me to do tonight. Oy vey. You know what oy vey means, Sam Molino? You know what oy vey means? I That's Sicilian for oh boy. Yeah, I know. I say that many times a day. All right. All right. We'll be right back, folks. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance. Even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or are taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes. $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're term provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or are on prescription medications, you may still qualify for a half million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote right now by visiting termprovider.com. That's termprovider.com or simply call Term Provider at 800-333-1750. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-333-1750. That's 800-333-1750. So here's the deal. I'm uh, I'm doing three things at once, but I'm still reading about Elizabeth Bettina, and and she really has her uh, this this great book, and and she teaches us so much about Italy. And while I'm talking about Italy, and I will be honest, I was talking earlier today with Marianne, although I got a little bit yelled at for talking about so many family things on the radio. Not that she hears about it directly because she's probably giving Ariana a bath right now. But we were talking about going to Italy and going to Sicily. Now, truth be told, we can't go to Italy and Sicily in October because our children are in school. Luca and, and Arthur. Ariana won't be in school yet, but the two boys will be in school. But you guys, you guys could go to Italy. And, and San Bellino, I don't, I don't know if this is possible, but 
I know we can't go for the whole nine days, but you know maybe we could like sneak in, you know, pop over. What uh, do you think? Three, four days should be yeah. enough time. Look, do some as damage, long as right? you here's the deal. Uh, being straight up, as long as you could sleep on the plane. Are you could you sleep, Sambolino? You look yeah. like a sleeper. I, I could I could sleep. I mean, you look a like a guy pill. who could sleep, right? I mean, so, if I'm drinking wine in Italy, I could probably sleep on the way back. Sure. Yeah, no, the way back is fine. It's the way there because you leave here at night and you get there in the morning. So if you don't sleep on the plane, you're going like 24 hours without sleeping. Ah, But here's my move. I just go with like one over-the-counter like Somonex, whatever the stupidest, lightest sleeping pill is. And like as soon as I sit in the chair before the, the plane takes off, I either do a little wine or a little beer. And then they give you the extra wine and a beer and then... I'm out. I'm out the whole seven hours. Like, I wake up when the plane hits the ground, and then, boom, you're ready to go. And you and I can have, like, those days when they're in Mount Etna and then Palermo, uh, Catania. I mean, and the thing about Perillo Tours is not only do they make everything easy for you, but you learn so much. And that's the part that that really intrigues me. Um, It's Joe Piscopo, the man, the myth, the legend, all of the above the vice chairman of the board after Sinatra, he and Perillo, Steve Perillo, they've put together this special intimate trip to Rome and Sicily for the AM 970 listeners. And it's not like they're opening it up to hundreds of people. It's to a finite, small amount of people. And um, it's just a great experience. I've been there. So I've done this with them. I did the Rome part with them and it was outstanding. Besides, you know, going on the tours with them where they set everything up and you don't really need to think. But once you get to the place you want to visit, the Forum, the Colosseum, the uh, um, the whole Vatican, they have these great guys who tell you, like, what, what you're actually looking at. And it's it's so deep uh, what you're looking at. This, I mean, it's thousands of years of history. You're going to do three nights in Rome. And one of those nights, they rent out this big restaurant, and Piscopo puts on this great show, which is a, just a blast. It's just a hoot. Then you fly directly to Sicily. You go to Catania, Taromina, Palermo. You see the med- medieval towns like Sovoca, Forza de Argo, Messina. You know why they, they pick these towns? Because some of those towns is where the Godfather was filmed. And so you're actually going to recognize them. And you can't leave Sicily until you have a wine tasting in the shadow of Mount Etna. That's where my family is from. Then on to Palermo, where my mother's family is from, for three more nights, nine nights in all, October 18th to the 28th. Be part of this special event called Perillo Tours, 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515. One more time, 1-800-431-1515. Or visit perillotours.com. This is Dennis Prager inviting you to join me for an extraordinary travel opportunity that will be the highlight of your year, maybe a highlight of your life. Mike Gallagher and I are headed back to Israel this October for the Stand with Israel Tour. Join us along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, as we uncover important geopolitical sites and show you Israel's significance on the world stage. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to register or call 855-565-5519. Kevin McCullough is next on AM970, The Answer. Rapid Pulse, Red Sweater Talk, 
on lead guitar. Now I go with a little audience participation time here. Thank 
what do you got to say? Ooh. What do you got to say? Amazing, amazing. <laughs> we got to do an encore. Are we allowed to say we're amazing? Uh, I don't I think don't so. Know. I'm a, it's, well, it's just the energy. You feel the energy, the happiness that I think we all felt on stage that night. Uh, and it's, hey, we got to play Bellino, again. Let me just tell you how in sync you and I are. You know what I was going to say as soon as we came back from this segment? <laughs> what before? was that? I was going to say, Matt, you know, after listening to the recording, I would like every Friday from here on in the next eight Fridays or something like that at the end, the last segment to play one rapid pulse ah, song. I would love that. And that was going to be like next, you know, this Friday we'll play Trusting, which is the first song. The next the Friday after that we'll play Radio Man, which listening to it today, I realized I screwed up. <laughs> I screwed up some of the words. And for those of you who are at home, we're like, you know, I'm here to like learn about Pat Buchanan and maybe go, I should go listen to Murano. You know, we, I try to have some fun on this show, and I try to share a little bit of my life with you without being an egomaniac. And there's a fine balance between that because, you know, I get all this kind of constructive criticism. Like, talk about the law more. But when I talk about the law, I'm talking about me and my cases, and I want to hear from you as well. Um, but this particular night, December 16th, 2022, was a night I will never forget. It was absolutely spectacular, and I'm sharing it with Imran, who's – He's all over. I'm sure you have four more television appearances to make right there tonight in Murano. What? Yeah, I got you one. have McCullough now. Yeah, You're yeah, coming on next. Yeah. You're on right after this. Well, after so you're McCullough. going right inside. All right. Well, that was a great night. Thank you, folks, for sharing Red Sweater Talk. That's a circa 1986 song, maybe. Uh, and, and I will tell you, Sam Bellino told me last night that that was amongst his favorites. So it was. Imran's a big fan of Don't Let Her Sleep With Him Tonight, right? And Imran is the Imran does percussion. And let me tell you something: that percussion stuff mattered. You know, he gave me the CD. I listened to it last night. And the other song, "Hold On to the Night," when you're doing the yeah, yeah. the shaker, you really hear it loud. It's really like a big nice. piece of the yeah. song. All right, folks, thanks you for sharing your Thursday evening with me. I hope the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel or the Lincoln Tunnel or the the Midtown Tunnel is treating you well. We'll be back Friday night. I will be here with you on a Friday. We'll have a lot of fun. Have a great day tomorrow. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 